0: You from Tennessee, because you're the only ten I see. Cash, cash, cash. What do you look you for in a girl? Somebody. Oh, you just it's like just gets a I don't know. Nice, good person. I don't know, if she's short. Elijah Elijah, Elijah. Elijah. What? Do you believe in love at first sight? Yes. Oh, so I don't have to walk by you again then. Alright, bet! One, two, three. Hey, nice. see, Let's get it. Heavenly Father, um, I thank you just for Corey here, and God, I pray. For Corey and all Raiders fans, God, yeah, it's a lot easier than I thought, bro. I should become a vlogger. So you two are engaged. Yes. All right. So do you have any advice for like for like young couples? Get out while you can. Get out! <laughs> hey, Veronica. Veronica, what do you look for in a guy? Why the heck am I being asked yeah, go. Band staring. You got to do it like right now. Are you single yeah. or yeah. taking? Got it. Yeah. Are you single? <laughs> taking. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> To I have a question for you. Can I follow you? Because my parents always told me to follow my dreams. I'm sorry, but. Oh, you don't have Insta? What would your version of a perfect date look like? Like, what's your ideal date? I don't know. I don't know. Dinner, I guess? I don't know. Okay, okay. can I ask you a question? What would your ideal date look like? The beach, I guess? Okay. Oh. No way bro, that's how we know we live in a virtual reality. Hey Bridge Youth, how you doing tonight? Hey, you look better than you sound. How you doing tonight? Hey, look at your neighbor, tell him you look good. Look at your other neighbor, the one you chose second, tell him you smell good. <laughs> hey, we're so stoked that you're here tonight, whether you are right here in the room or you're joining us online. We're so stoked that you guys have joined us, that you've uh, chosen to spend some of your time with us. You got a busy week school, everything like that. And the fact that you chose to come spend your Wednesday night with us, we just think that that is so, so, so cool. And so tonight, um, if you got a Bible, go to James chapter one, go to James in chapter one. Um, If you are brand new, can I just tell you, you're the coolest person in the whole room. Um, Thank you for joining us. If you're watching online, if you're in the room, we like welcoming our guests every single week by saying something that for us, it never gets old. We like welcoming our guests by saying, we're here to build you up, not... Yeah, we love you, we back you, you don't have to believe to belong here. We got one rule, if you're in the room, you're family. So thanks for coming and hanging out tonight. Hey, tonight we're kickstarting a brand new series entitled Defining the Relationship. It's a series on love and dating. Somebody go, ooh. Really quick, uh... If you're in the room and you're currently in a relationship, uh, your parents aren't here, they're not watching online, if you're currently in a relationship, just raise your hand if you would, Um, raise your hand. Okay, cool. Um, You you better raise your hand a little bit higher, Pastor Amber. (laughs) She said, these are as high as my little T-Rex arms go. She always says that. She's like, Corey, come help me get something off the fridge. I got little T-Rex arms. All right, hey, if you're in the room and you are single, would you just raise your hand real quick? Put it right back down, put it back down. Hey, if if there's a hand that stood out to you, could be the Lord. Probably not, (laughs) maybe. So we're starting this series entitled Defining the Relationship. Hey, throughout this series, would you do me a favor? If there's any questions that you might have about relationships, about God, about um, how your faith fits into relationships, about who you should look for um, when dating, all of that sort of stuff, do me a favor, go DM us, at bridge, Y-T-H underscore, um, the last week of this series, we are going to be doing a little breakout session thing. Me and my wife, uh, Pastor Amber, we're going to do a little breakout session thing where um, I'm going to talk with the guys, Amber's going to talk with the girls, and then they're actually going to switch. And then Amber will talk with the, guy, with, with the guys, and then I'll, I'll chat um, with the girls. Guys, one of the things that she'll help you with on that last week of this series um, is how to flirt but in a godly and respectful way. So it'll be completely for free too. No charge of admission. Um, So you don't want to miss that. But hey, throughout this series, if you have any questions, do me a favor. DM us, we'll keep it completely confidential. Um, But think for a moment for me. Think about the vast majority of the relationships that you see today. Think about the standard of love that's been set. Think for a moment and reflect about the fact that that 50% of marriages in America end in divorce. The fact that our culture and our society is so confused when it comes to love and dating and relationships. I mean, we are a culture that created Netflix and chill. We think that you don't even have to have commitment to experience the highest levels of intimacy in relationships. Our world is so confused about love, dating, and relationships. Does anybody else ever just think, there's got to be a better way? Well, in the church world as well, I think that a lot of pastors and preachers and churches and leaders, when it comes to giving advice about dating for young people, more often than not, the advice is, don't. And I just think, as a pastor, that there's got to be a better way. So tonight, we're gonna be kickstarting this series. It's a series that we do every single year. We've always put a new twist on it. The content's different, but the, the principle and the foundation is the same. And so this month, we're going to be bringing some defining to what relationships, our relationships, can and should look like. The question is why? Why are we gonna do this? Why are we gonna spend the time doing this? Here's why. Because over 13 years of doing youth ministry, the number one thing, and nothing else comes close, that I've seen that pulls young people away from God, away from God's calling and his purpose on their life, away from community, and away from church, is relationship. Somebody say relationship. It's the number one thing and nothing else Comes close. It's, it's a young lady getting in a relationship with a young man she's got no business being in a relationship with. Somebody say, oh no. <laughs> it's a young man getting with a girl because, bro, she's so hot and completely unstable. <laughs> Somebody say, oh no, oh no. And there is absolutely nothing else that I've seen in 13 years of youth ministry that drags young people away from God, away from their calling, away from their purpose, and away from community and church than relationships. That's why we're going to talk about it. So tonight, I want to title this message, uh, Segment 1, Chapter 1, Week 1 of this series is this, Finding the One. If you're taking notes, God loves you more, write that down. Finding the One. We love the idea of soulmates. Don't we? Like, it just sounds so, Amber hates it when I use this word from the platform. It just sounds so sexy, doesn't it? We've got a soulmate. Like, we love the idea of, like, like ladies, like Cinderella, and man, lost her shoe, and like, she's the only one that shoe fit like no other girl in all the kingdom wore a size 7 <laughs> like we just we 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 love the thought the idea that out there is somebody who is tailor made and perfect just right for me but what if instead of looking for the one instead we focused on becoming the one so as we're talking about finding the one, it's much less about going and looking for them, it's much more about becoming the one. Because if the right person came along today, I would put most of them, if the right person came along today, I'd put just about every single dollar that I have in my bank account, which is not that much, <laughs> on the fact that the vast majority of us in this room wouldn't be ready for them. If the right person came along today, would you even be ready for them? If you're taking notes, write this down. Uh, This is what we call a sermon in a sentence. If you're new, um, every, every sermon, just about every one, I like boiling it down to one sentence, and this one is this. Stop looking for the one, start becoming the one. Stop looking for the one, start becoming the one. Because before you ever consider dating, you should take a strong look at who you are and who you are becoming. Before you ever even think about getting into a relationship, you should take a good, long, strong look at who you are and who you are becoming. Because God is much more concerned with who you are than who you will one day be with. God is far more concerned with your character than he is with your future partner. See, all over scripture, there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of verses about building your character. And there's only a few about finding a significant other. So we need to become the one instead of looking for the one. That's why it's so crucial that when we start the conversation about dating, we start by looking inwardly instead of outwardly. And it's even like this in marriage. For those of you who know me, you know my wife, Amber. She's a pastor on our staff here as well. You know that we have been married for going on 13 years. We've been married 12 years as of August 1st. This year will be 13 years. It's crazy, That is so crazy. Who in this room, you are 13 years old or younger? My God in heaven. I got married like right around the time y'all was born. That's crazy. Um, Dude, that is so crazy. Time flies when you're having fun, baby. Um, But it's even like this, like inwardly, not outwardly. It's even like this when it comes to marriage. See, my role as a husband is not Amber, is she the woman I want her to be? It's much more, am I the man that she deserves? And see, scripture talks a ton about m- me being the husband that she deserves so much more than me being someone who demands she becomes the person I want her to be. See, it's much more about looking inwardly than it is about looking outwardly. Let me flip it around for your context in you know singleness or dating vast majority of everybody in this room unmarried, would you date you? <laughs> if you are the, <laughs> if you're someone who immediately said yes, you are, you need to, <laughs> every healthy person in the room would automatically like pause and go, I really need to consider that question. (laughs) Look at your neighbor, say, would you date me? (laughs) All right, so let's talk tonight about (laughs) becoming the one. Would you do me a favor? Would you stand in the honor of the reading of God's word? We are gonna read James chapter one James is one of my favorite books in all of the Bible. If you don't know James, um, he was the brother of Jesus. Like, so imagine that. Imagine, you know, uh, so many of us have, been, have heard um, our parents go, why can't you be more like your brother? Like, in James' case, it was like, yeah, no, like, the bracelet, WWJ, that's definitely, it doesn't mean what would James do. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> like, James is the brother of Jesus. It's one of my favorite books in all of the Bible. It's five chapters jam-packed with like, ooh, uh, dang, James, you are like that friend who is super honest. I love it. So we're gonna read uh, 22 to 25. Here's what it says. It says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourself. That's, isn't that hilarious? Like the Christians who are like, a uh, 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 Bible verse in their Instagram bio. You know, they preach to everybody else about how they should change their lives and, and they think they're fooling everybody, but everybody's like, hmm, I kind of see right through it. You know who the only person that those type of people, who, who they talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk, you know the only person they're fooling? Themselves. <laughs> and James says it. For if you listen to the word and don't obey It's like glancing at your face in the mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. That's like so petty and demeaning to like, he's like, all right, let me break it down for you. Um, And then he says that. And it's like, okay, sweetie, let me, uh, (laughs) like, unless you're 75, don't call another girl sweetie or honey. It is... James is like, okay, honey, let me, uh," it's like you don't even know what you look like. Like, oh, but you also just looked at yourself in the mirror. It's like, James, that's kind of rough. Verse 25, but if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Before you sit down, let's pray. God, love you so much. Would you speak to us tonight? God, thank you so much that Tom Brady retired. In Jesus' name. Amen. Everyone grab a seat. Praise God. In the immortal words of Noah South Hall, get him out. Get him out. <laughs> hey, um, do you believe in love at first sight? Some very mixed opinions about this. Who says, yes, I believe in love at first sight? I did too, when I was young and dumb. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Like, geez, Corey, my friend, who I brought for the very first time, is sitting next to me, and they just rose their hand, and you called them young and dumb. I'm just kidding, Um, kinda. Uh, (laughs) So I want to tell you about the very first time that, me and my wife ever saw each other. And I also want to tell you about the second time that we ever saw each other. So the first time we ever saw each other, um, I have to preface this by telling you, um, does does everybody know what emo is? Okay, we were emo kids. We were like through and through, like about that life. None of my friends saw half of my face for like until I was 19, because my hair was always like this, all the time. That's how I got this woman. Okay, so we're at this like emo concert, um, a band that none of you would ever have heard of, and um, Amber's there with her friend. I'm there with my brother and a few of my friends, and and we had never met before, and I was a wild, crazy, like 17-year-old, 16, 17-year-old who, who loved going to concerts and, and I'm crowd surfing and my wife sees me crowd surfing. I don't know how she comes up with the idea that I'm cute because she couldn't have seen my face. My hair was all in my face and I was wearing a hoodie and, and my, um, my, my, my hood was on. Um, but as I'm surfing along by, <laughs> my wife goes, he is so cute. And then, and then I kind of I keep seeing her. I see her too, and I see her friend throughout the show. And then as we're leaving, I see that her and her friend, they're walking ahead of us in the same direction um, that we're walking. And then my wife does this. My, my, not, she wasn't my wife yet. She's some random girl that I didn't even know. She goes, that's him. <laughs> it's our friend Sabrina. Um. She's like, that's him. And then they walk this way and our car was that way. My wife describes this moment as, and I knew I would never see him again. And that was the first time that we had ever saw each other. I was not the guy that like, I would never, ever, ever have been the guy that would have been like, what's up, baby? Like, what's your, (laughs) never, never, dude. Like, I lived my life in like complete, complete insecurity and crippling self-doubt. Like I walked around like I had confidence, but I internally was dying all the time. Um, And so I didn't walk up to her. I didn't meet her. I didn't ask her her name, nothing. Fast forward uh, a few months uh, and Amber ends up coming to my church, to the youth group where I was a, a student leader at. And she, she comes to the church, she comes to youth group, and our entire youth group, our whole youth group was like this section right over here, like stopping at, m- at my boys right here. Like Gio and Joseph, that, that was our whole youth group right there. So when somebody new came to youth, like everybody saw. And so she gets there, uh, she walks in, and she doesn't recognize me. It wasn't until months and months and months later that describing the hoodie I was wearing, remember when I told you we were emo? The hoodie was purple and had a unicorn on it. I don't know why you're laughing. It was, Amber still has this hoodie. Can you bring the hoodie next week? Do you guys wanna see that hoodie? Too bad! You just laughed at me, you bullies! I just told you about my crippling self-doubt. <laughs> and now you're bullying me. Uh, so we're on the phone, we're just friends and, and we're on the phone, a landline, a house phone. And, um, you know, I, I call her, I go, "ring ding 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 <laughs> ding That's not, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was buttons, um, but it was a cord. Uh, and, and we're talking on the phone and, and then randomly, I don't know how it came up, but like maybe my brother like walked in and was like, hey dude, like, you know, I thought this was our little sister's hoodie, but she said it's yours. Like, and I was like, oh, my brother just brought my purple unicorn hoodie in. And Amber goes, <gasps> what? And I was like, I know you're probably not gonna be my friend anymore. boy." right? <laughs> She's like, you say you have a purple unicorn hoodie? And I was like, yeah. She's like, were you at that sales show at UCR a few months back? And I was like, yeah. And she goes, you're the guy. <laughs> and I was like, what? So long story short... I was cute enough to notice, but not cute enough to remember. (laughs) It hurts. It hurts. (laughs) What's your point, Corey? Uh, The point is this. The point is nobody's perfect, all right? (laughs) So what we all need to do, point one is this. Look in the mirror. Look in the mirror. I know movies and music and poems and stories and books and Disney um, have us all convinced to look for the perfect person. Well, okay, so first off, nobody's perfect. Everybody's going to fail you at some point in time. And you will set yourself up for absolute failure if you don't realize that if God isn't enough, no person ever will be. And you'll be setting yourself up for failure if you don't realize that. But what if, what if, what if instead we looked in the mirror? How could things be different? See, this is what James is saying. Go look in the mirror. Go look, go look at God's word. Take self-inventory and do something about it. Amber, you, gotta, you got that mirror for me? Anybody ever, you go to take a picture, go ahead and just take your phone out and open your Open your front face camera. You ever go to take a picture and your front face camera's on and you're like, oh God. <laughs> well, I was, I was confident until that happened. Uh, you, ever, you ever look in a mirror and, uh, and you see like a piece of kale in your teeth and you think to yourself, well, how long has that been there? And who have I seen that didn't tell me it was there? Right, like what if you looked in the mirror And there was like, there was like chocolate on your face. Or like you wake up in the morning and there's a big old giant zit on your forehead. (laughs) It's not the worst, it's like, and of course, today's picture day. I'll be taking my senior picture today. My skin's been looking great. And now (laughs) today, like, but like, how foolish, how dumb, how crazy would it be if you looked in the mirror and you're like, "Mm mm-hmm, I see it. I was gonna go. Let me just go to school real quick. Like, yep, got got a got barbecue got a barbecue stain on my face. I hate country music, right on my face. <laughs> now I'm gonna go on that date. Like, like I got I got stuff stuck all up in my teeth. Now I'm gonna go on this date. None of you would ever do like that is. Foolish. That's absolutely foolish. And that is, what, that is what James is saying that we do. Like, none of us would do that about our physical appearance, and yet what happens is that we look in the proverbial mirror, the metaphoric mirror, we look in that, and we see. We see our toxic behaviors and tendencies. We see that that we gossip all the time and yet we just walk away and we leave that big old piece of kale in our teeth. We look in the proverbial mirror and we see that all we ever do is play the comparison game. And because we don't look like or have the popularity or, or, or have the money or have the car or the shoes or the clothes that somebody else has, what we then do is we revert to tearing them down because it's the only way that we feel like we could get them onto our level. And we see that kind of toxic behavior and what we do is we go, mm-hmm. yep. and we just walk away from that mirror not taking care of the issue. We see that there's insecurity. We see that there's, we see that there's toxic patterns of thinking. And so often what we do is we walk away from the mirror, we never take care of that, and then we go and jump into a relationship anyways. And then all of that junk is thrown on the other person, they get abused, and you get disappointed. And then they break up with us, and then we blame them. Like, as if it was their fault. Anybody else just think there's gotta be a better way? Here's the thing, is that when it comes to love, dating, and relationships, most of us do more maintenance than we do preparation. What's maintenance? Maintenance is something's broken, now I've got to go fix it. You know what the best kind of healthcare is? It's called preventative healthcare. It's taking care of the issues before they become an issue. It's, it's dealing with it when it's, a, when it's not a mountain. I, I thought of it like this. I think that God would much rather be using and blessing you than healing and forgiving you. Think of that in the context of relationships. How many of us constantly, we've got to go to God for healing and forgiveness because instead of preparing for a relationship, we looked in that mirror, we saw all of our stuff. There's like so many other like not church appropriate words you could use right there instead of stuff. And we go, eh. You know what so many people do? They see all of that, all of it. And they go, well, this is just me. Take it or leave it. I'm like, cool, leave it. (laughs) Cool, leave it. (laughs) And, and, And okay, if you don't leave it like right now, what will happen, you have that attitude. This is just me. This is how I am. It's like, well, if, I wouldn't be like this if God didn't want me like it. Shut up, okay? <laughs> and, and you go, well, take it or leave it. Well, fine, someone's gonna, someone's gonna leave it and someone might take it, but they might only take it for like 20 or 25 years and then they'll sign some legal papers that say that they want what's called a divorce. And 50% of marriages end in divorce. And I don't know a single, not one young girl, when she was watching Little Mermaid. I wanna be where the people are. I wanna see, I wanna see them dancing. Walking around on those, what's that word again? Feet up where they walk, up where they run, up where they stay all day in the sun. And then she goes, like, but... But like only for a decade. And then after that, I wanna, I wanna like get rid of that prince and like I want my heart broken and I want everything to fall apart and I wanna go find a new one. <laughs> that has never been anybody's dream and yet that's so many people's reality. Why? Sometimes it's because we look in that mirror and we go, well, this is just me. Take it or leave it. Can I tell you? That is not a godly attitude so then when looking in the mirror what should we look for i'm glad you asked second point is this are you mature by the way have you ever heard someone who pronounces it mature oh punch that person it's like the most immature thing i could say right there you ever heard someone who doesn't pronounce it like me yeah they're lame <laughs> They stink and they probably they probably fart all the time. Like you immediately start, I become a 12-year-old again. <laughs> I know that like teenagers hate the word mature. They're like, are you are you mature? Are you mature practically? Emotionally, and spiritually? Write those words down. Practically, emotionally, spiritually. Are you mature? So, so what if you stopped looking? For somebody who is practically, emotionally, and spiritually mature, and instead, you started becoming practically, emotionally, and spiritually mature. Let's break those down really quick. Practical maturity. Yes, I'm talking about age in one regard. Um, when I was, uh, I was like 12 years old, maybe 13, um, the majority of my time, energy, focus went to my first love which was skateboarding. Skateboard, my skateboard had my heart. I cared about nothing else, man. To this day, like like you put you put like a piece of wood with wheels under my feet, it just seems like the world starts to make sense. I love skateboarding. I've always loved skateboarding. And at 12, it was the love of my life. And And I had all these friends in junior high who got into relationships. So I thought I need to get into a relationship. And then I get into a relationship and then this girl was like, hey, you know, maybe a week or two weeks into the relationship, she goes, hey, um, you skateboard way more than you hang out or talk with me. I was like, "Uh uh-huh. And she goes, that's a problem. And I was like, hmm, yes, it is. And she's like, right, we agree. I was like, "Uh uh-huh, we need to break (laughs) up. She goes, what? And I was like, I will always skateboard and love my skateboard more than I could ever love you. <laughs> so we need to break up. <laughs> I know what most of you girls are thinking. Oh my gosh, that sounds like my boyfriend when I was in the eighth grade, <laughs> but his was like video games or his was scootering or whatever, scooter die. <laughs> you know why? Do you know why? Cause that is how the mind of a dude in junior high works. Bro, he would rather play Fortnite than hang out with you. Absolutely. Bro, in junior high, video games are way cooler than girls. (laughs) So much cooler. Skateboarding's way more fun than all the junior high girl drama. Like we don't care, bro. You know what happens when boys in junior high have a problem with another boy in junior high? They either talk to each other and they're like, whatever. Or they talk to each other and they fight, which in junior high looks something like pushing and falling to the ground. And then somehow, someway, you get up off the ground and you go, did we just become best friends? <laughs> and then you become friends. So yes, I'm talking about age. Man, young, young people, young, like if you are in junior high enjoy your single years. If you're in the early parts of high school, enjoy your single years. Can I tell you, young person, time is on your side. But here's the only problem. Some of y'all are 17 and you act like you're 12. I'm like, my man, my man Grayson came up and prayed and I'm like, Ladies, calm down. Yes, he's single, but calm down. <laughs> I don't even know if you're single, Grace, and I just put that out there. <laughs> if you got a girlfriend, she's so mad at me right now. <laughs> she's like, no, he is not. She's like watching online right now going crazy in the comments. No! <laughs> With all the red, like, exclamation points. Um, the screaming emoji, like, <laughs> she's freaking out. It's like, that's my man. <laughs> uh but everyone stop being distracted at how, at how hot Grayson is. Let's get back to talking about the Lord, okay? <laughs> it's funny. Um, no idea what I was talking about at all. <laughs> it's this, like, when someone asks Corey, when am I ready to be in a relationship? You'll almost never hear me name an age because some people, 17, acting like they're 12. You know what I'll usually say almost right away is um, when your parents say, which is like the most popular thing a youth pastor could say, when your parents say you're ready, that's when you can get into a relationship. But here's the problem with that. Some of y'all parents let you start dating way before you should, way before you're ready and you shouldn't be dating and they let you anyways. So then there's that too. (laughs) So you got to be honest with yourself and look in the mirror and ask yourself, practically, am I practically mature? Am I mature enough to be in a relationship to take on the emotional and yes, even the spiritual weight that comes with that? Time's on your side. Enjoy your single years. Let's talk about emotional maturity. Before you ever get into a relationship, you need to ask yourself, am I emotionally healthy? Am I emotionally healthy? Oh, but, but PC, I, uh, P- that's Pastor Corey. Some people call me PC. Um, even though I'm like, complete Mac guy. Like if you have an Android, you're weird. (laughs) You're probably cool, but you're weird. Um, definitely weird, but probably cool too. And also like the government's probably not listening to your conversations as they are (laughs) as much. Don't turn off our live stream (laughs) government. I'm sorry. Um, but PC, like, I don't, you know, I don't struggle with like that mental health stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm emotionally, I'm emotionally mature. Are you? Are you really? I don't know why my voice got so high. <laughs> here's a great gauge. Um, here's a great gauge to figure out whether you're emotionally mature or not. Um, your emotional maturity a lot of times can be shown in your level of offendability? What? Here's what I mean. How, how easily offended are you? Like you go to school, ladies, and you go to school and you see that girl that you just met for the first time with your friends at the movies on Friday and you thought that you might have caught a weird vibe from her. Like, I don't know, she didn't wanna like sit by you. She didn't really talk to you that much. Like she talked to you a little bit, but not that much. And like, then when she was saying goodbye, she said goodbye to everybody except for you. And then Monday morning, you see her at school and like she's the table and you're you and you're walking by and let's reverse that. You're the table, she's um, her. <laughs> and she's walking by probably much more promiscuous than I was just, she's walking by and she goes like this as she's walking by you. And you go, I knew it. She hates me and I hate her too. So then you go tell your friend, I hate her. Oh, why do you hate her? Because I thought I caught a weird vibe. And then this morning when she walked by me, she purposefully looked in the other direction. Didn't pay attention to me. Didn't say good morning. She was holding Starbucks and only one. She didn't bring me one. She knew I wanted it. I told her Friday night that I love Starbucks and now she has Starbucks and I don't even have any Starbucks. She, she purposefully, she bought one. I bet that she bought two Starbucks. And then when she saw me, she poured one of them out. <sighs> No, it's just that as she was walking by you, she was looking in the direction of her one friend that she said hi to. She didn't notice that you were there. You're emotionally immature. <laughs> how, like, how, how easily offended are you? You know, you know what's so funny to me? How people will be offended about situations they're not even involved in. Like, you have nothing to do with it. And you're like, I'm offended. The person that should be offended is like, I'm not even offended. And you're like, cool, I'll be offended for you. It's like, what? Like, how easily offended are you? Okay, here's, here's a couple questions that you can ask yourself to gauge your emotional maturity. Um, do you allow people to tell you you're wrong and correct you? And when they do, how do you respond? Um, How much problems do you start? How many people do you have problems with? How often do you walk around school, the mall, or public places and hope that you don't see how many people? Here's another question. Are you drama? How much do you value the opinions of others? Let me say it like this Do you care too much about being cool? Do you feel like you need to be in a relationship? Because if you do, you might be emotionally immature. Do you think that a boyfriend or girlfriend would fulfill you? Do you date for validation? Do you date for entertainment? Do you date because it's fun? Because the purpose of dating is to figure out if this is the person that you would one day marry. Yes, this is why we don't date in junior high because it's pointless. You don't date for fun. If you date for fun, ladies, hey all the ladies say hey. If you date for fun, then what you do is you allow a boy to date you for fun. You let them diminish your value to that of their Xbox or PlayStation or PC. I'm sorry, purists. (laughs) And I know what most of the guys are thinking. Dude, the value I place on my Xbox is very high. (laughs) But your Xbox exists to entertain you. Girls don't exist to entertain you. So when you date for the sake of Im- for entertainment, for fun, you are probably emotionally immature. Ask yourself these questions. They'll probably help you. As the band heads up tonight, we start closing down. Let's talk about spiritual maturity. How do you know when you're spiritually mature? Well, I will say a couple really quick obvious things. Are you in your word? Do you pray? Are you active, actively involved in community, in church? Do you have accountability? Do you have discipleship relationships, somebody that can call you out and help, um, and, and help you walk down your faith journey? Do you find your identity in God, in Christ? Here's another really great, great way to gauge your spiritual maturity. A great measurement's called the fruit of the spirit. Galatians chapter five. Verse number 22, here's what it says. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. It produces, there's nine things. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Nine things. If you didn't catch it, just go to Galatians chapter five, verse number 22. The fruit of the Spirit is a great mirror. You want to know if you're spiritually mature? Ask yourself if these nine things are being displayed in your life. Now, not that they're being displayed perfectly, but they're being displayed consistently. See, because this faith journey, it's not about perfection, it's about progression. So it's not that you're perfect with these all the time, but that these things are consistently shown in your life. Also, pro tip, this is a great list of attributes to look for in somebody that you may one day want to date. Here's a, here's a couple more um, solid gauges of spiritual maturity. Is that you realize that when you pray and, and, and you're wondering, hey, God, should I date? And God's like, no. Hold up. And, and, and then you go and read God's word and you hear about the boundaries and the parameters and the limitations that God puts around dating and relationships and things like that. You realize that God's not keeping you from something. He's keeping you for something. That's spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity, a great gauge is when you are at a place where if it was just you and Jesus for the rest of your life, you would be okay. You know what's so funny is so often when I see a young person finally get to that place, They're finally at the spot where they're like, you know what? I don't need, I don't need a girlfriend. I don't need a boyfriend. I'm not going to find my identity in that. I'm not going to find my fulfillment in that. That's not going to complete me. It's not going to make me feel whole. God, I, I pray you don't call me to a life of singleness forever. But God, if it was just you and me for the rest of my life, I think I'd be okay. That's a pretty good sign of spiritual maturity. That you know the one you need is God. Then maybe, just maybe, you might have some spiritual maturity. So i ask you again. Are you mature? Are you mature? Are, are you practically mature? Are you emotionally mature? Are you spiritually mature? It's a great thing to ask yourself when you're saying, hey, instead of looking, searching, trying to find the one, I'm going to focus on becoming the one. Um, A few days ago, um, a young lady really closely connected to our community named Sadie passed away. And uh, last night, I went to one of our boys baske- basketball games and, and all the boys were wearing um, these kind of uh, bracelet looking things around their leg and, and it was for her and I was like, man, that's so cool. And, and we've been praying for, for the family. I know a lot of you guys knew her. Um, some of you were really close to her. Some of you knew her from a little bit of a distance. And, I want you to know that we've been praying for you. Losing someone close to you, it's never easy. And when someone's that young, it's devastating. It's heartbreaking. I didn't have the privilege of knowing Sadie personally, um, but from what I've heard, she knew the Lord, which means she's in heaven right now. Her eternity is secure. He's that one day I will get to know her. She's my sister in Christ, and I'll see her one day. I think that's really cool. One of my biggest fears as a youth pastor is that young people wouldn't have their eternity secure. All because... They didn't realize the one relationship that really matters. And they let other relationships pull them away from the one relationship that actually matters. They're out here searching for the one because they've been convinced by the world, by the movies, by lies, by the enemy, that if you just go find someone, if you find your soulmate, soulmates aren't biblical, they don't exist. I'm sorry, ladies, I just broke all of your heart. So we become convinced that if we go find the one, then we'll have our identity, we'll have our fulfillment, we'll be complete, we'll be made whole, and every one of my issues, will be solved. And so we go and we find that, and we find who we think is the one, and we give them everything. We give them our all. We pour our entire life and our whole heart into them. And then that thing fails, and our whole world comes crashing down. And I'm sick and tired of going to funerals of people that I love and not knowing if their eternity is secure. And series like this are so important because the number one tactic and game plan that I've seen the enemy go to to try to take you out to try to pull you away from God, away from his plans, away from his purpose, away from his calling over your life, away from church, away from community. The number one strategy I've seen him use is relationship. And I just pray in Jesus' name that nobody in this room or watching online is gonna fall for it. Don't look for the one. Become the one. But here's the thing. Here's the catch. Those of you who are in the room who don't know the Lord yet, You haven't made that decision. Can I tell you, you will never be right with a mate until you're right with your maker. And you're gonna have that opportunity right now. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? This is a public setting, but a private moment. If you're here tonight and you would say, I wanna make that decision, Corey. I wanna make I want to make God the Lord of my life. I want to put the pen of my life into his hands. I want to let him write the next chapters of my story. I want to know that my eternity is secure. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to respond in a really simple way. In just a moment, I'm going to count to three, and I just want you to lift your hand, and you can put it right back down. If that's you, this is your time. This is your moment. When I get to three, nobody looking around, heads bowed, eyes closed. You just put your hand up, put it right back down. One, two, three three, go. All over this place. so cool. Man, that's the best decision you can make with your life. You can put your hands down. Hey, this journey, um, it's a journey that we start with prayer. We just talk to God. It's words that we say with our mouth that we believe in our hearts. But we're a family here at Bridge Youth, so we pray together. So whether you're in the room or you're watching online, would you pray these simple words right after me? Just repeat this. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner but I know you're a savior. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. So tonight, I give you my heart, I give you my life, I give you everything. And from this day forward, I'm gonna follow you. Thank you for receiving me and thank you for forgiving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we welcome people into God's family right now? Hey, it's the most important relationship that you could ever jump into. It's not the end of the journey, it's just the beginning. And um, the next steps, we would love to take them with you. So we have a gift for you. It's called the next seven days. If... um if you just prayed that prayer for the very first time and maybe you came back to the Lord, uh, we'd love to start this journey with you. Um, the next seven days is a really simple tool. It's seven videos that we're gonna put into your hands. Um, They'll just help answer some of your questions. this it, it'll bless you, it'll help you. We feel like it's our obligation to get it to you. So you get it in a really simple way. All you gotta do is go to our Instagram at bridgeYTH underscore and then DM us the words next seven, and we'll handle the rest. If you don't have Instagram, no problem. Come find me, come find my wife, come find one of our leaders, let us know. I want the next seven days. I'm not on Instagram, we'll find another avenue to get it to you. So hey, one more time, can we just welcome people into God's family? So cool. Hey, would you stand to your feet? Don't distract anybody, but would you head to the front for worship if you you wanna come down for worship, if you're comfortable? And I want to ask you um, a question while you do. What if we allowed God to prepare us for the right person by allowing God to form us into the right person? What if we let God mature us and correct us? For some of us, what if we let him heal us What if while I can't, this is where I can't like, it's like a preacher tip to always like, you don't go you, 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 you go we, 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 cause then it's not like, I sound, we, we. Um, it's, <laughs> Then it's like inclusive and you're not like that like jerk, judgmental preacher who's always pointing a finger, right? You say we, because all of us have messed up and we all fall short of God's glory. But it's like one that I can't include myself on cause I can't say, what if when we were single? I'm not single, I'm married to that hot lady over there that looks something like cruella de but a billion times better um <laughs> at least a billion times better uh <laughs> what if when you were single what if when you were single you took your time to get closer to god and you let god mature you and correct you and heal you then i think your next relationship will be stronger and healthier you will be stronger and healthier so I want to pray a prayer together tonight and the prayer is this God show me an area just one area where I can adjust or improve for some you're in a relationship that you shouldn't be in. for some It's addiction. For some, I'm gonna preface this by saying there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For some, you've been struggling with pornography for a really long time. But lusting over a different person on a screen every night will not set you up to love just one person for the rest of your life. And you can conquer it. You can get healing. For some of you, You're just distant from God, and you know it. So what we're going to pray before we worship is this. God, show me an area where I can improve or adjust. And then maybe, just maybe, after service today, you go to a leader or a connect group leader or a mentor or somebody in the room that you trust, and maybe you ask them that question. Do you see any area in my life where I can adjust Where I can improve? And then I dare you for the next week to journal this, pray it every day, write it down, meditate on it, think upon it, and ask God over and over again, where can I adjust and improve? If you're comfortable, would you close your eyes? Would you lift your hands? God, where can we improve? Bridge youth, would you just repeat that right after me? Everybody say, God, Where can I improve? Say, God, where can I adjust? Now speak, God. Speak to every single person in this room where we can improve. We don't want to be like the foolish person James talked about. Hear your word, walk away, forget all about it, and don't do anything about it. It's like someone looking in the mirror and forgetting what they look like two seconds later. We don't want to be like that. And we'll never be right with a mate until we're right with you, our Maker. So, God, I pray that this question, where we can adjust, where we can improve, would be the first steps towards becoming the one instead of just searching for them. We love you, God. Now we worship you. In Jesus. Name.